Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining me today. I'm here in my office with my Bible open to Ephesians chapter 5, where it says, beginning in verse 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. For several years, my wife and I decided that we wanted to try living life out in the country. Both of us, having grown up in a large city, we both enjoyed the slower pace that a country lifestyle had to offer. It was something totally different that we wanted to experience and enjoy. But I can remember when our friends and relatives from the city would come and visit. We would often have these discussions about the advantages of living in or near a large city as opposed to living out in the country. And there's advantages and disadvantages to both. Now, near the top of people's list of reasons why they would prefer to live in the city always was going to the theater. And I would ask that person, now, when was the last time you actually went to the theater to see a play? And most of them would say, well, it's been years. And a few of them even said, well, I don't think I've ever been to one. So then when the day came when my wife and I moved back into the city several years later, we decided that we were not going to be like our other city-dwelling friends, that we were going to go to the theater. So for our first show, we went to see Phantom of the Opera there at the Fifth Avenue Theater in Seattle. And we've been hooked ever since. Now, the reason I share that story is because Ephesians 5 that we just read reads like the script of a play, playing the role of Jesus, husbands, playing the role of the church, wives, in reading the script, one can see how every action of every character is meant to portray the relationship between Christ and the church. This theme is woven throughout the storyline. Five different times, Paul refers to Christ and the church. Now, we've been developing this paradigm that every believer is a minister. Within that, it's important to see that this ministry is not one-dimensional, but each of us will minister in multiple roles. We are a holy priesthood who minister to God in thanksgiving, praise, and worship. And now in marriage, we see very specific roles being laid out for us as ministers within our marriage and family. Paul's message to husbands and wives is that marriage is meant to be a living drama, a dramatization of the relationship between Christ and his bride. Husbands and wives are the actors portraying this relationship. 
It's extremely important to God that all the actors portray their characters accurately. In a play, if an actor spontaneously starts making up his own lines, he will change his character and will ultimately misrepresent the vision of the director and the playwright. Therefore, God gives clear direction to each of the characters in this drama. Now, the script begins in verse 25 with the love scene, if you would, where it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. The most important thing God wants the world to see is how much he loves his bride. This message is crucial. The rest of the play cannot be correctly understood without it. Everything that God did in sending his son to earth was motivated by love. All that Jesus did on earth, culminating in his death on a cross, was a physical demonstration of love. Husbands are directed to love their wives just as Christ loved the church. The way I love my bride is to be a physical demonstration of how Christ loved the church. Now, how did Christ love the church? Here's just a partial list. Christ loved the church sacrificially. Ephesians 5.25 says, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Philippians chapter 2 says that your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a bondservant, a minister, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So Christ didn't just love the church sacrificially, he loved her redemptively, where it says that God gave himself up for her to make her holy. And not just redemptively, but actively, where it goes on to say that he cleanses her by the washing with water through the word. Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore he, Christ, is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. So Christ is actively loving us as he prays for us and intercedes for his church. Likewise, I love my wife when I pray for her and intercede for her and bless her in prayer on a regular basis. I know every day, as often as I can, I pray these things for my wife, that God would bless her and protect her and fill her with his Holy Spirit and use her. By doing that, I'm actively loving my wife as Christ loved the church because the Bible says that Christ always lives to intercede for his church, for his bride. Christ also loves his church unconditionally. Romans 5.8 says that, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What I'm being asked to do here is not to love my wife in a way that the world defines love, but in a very specific way, as Jesus has already demonstrated love, I am to love my wife as Christ loves, as Christ loved the church. The Greek word used in the New Testament for the kind of love 
that I just described is agape. When the Bible says God is love in 1 John 4, 8, it's saying that God is agape. Since God is the personification of agape love, I can only demonstrate this kind of love through the power of the Holy Spirit. God must be my source. Agape love is radically different than love as defined by the world. Worldly love is largely defined as a feeling, a pleasant and very powerful emotion. Since worldly love is based on emotions, it's self-centered rather than Christ-centered or others-centered. The problems resulting from this are obvious. When the feelings are present and it feels good to me, I love. But when the feelings are not there, or when it does not serve my own interests or desires, or when the other person is not attractive or lovable to me, I don't love. How many couples have split up because they say, I just don't love him anymore. I just don't love her anymore. Jesus demonstrated what agape love looks like. Love is a choice. Jesus chose to lay down his life for us. He chose to love us when we were rebellious and unlovable. Although agape love is a choice, it's also passionate and emotional. The Bible says, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, scorning the shame. The choice to lay down his life came first, then the joy of knowing his bride. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, in Luke 12, 34. When I love my wife like Christ loves me by choosing to pour my treasure into her, I will find my heart delighting in the one into whom I've poured my treasure. Men will never have a greater challenge and responsibility than to model the love of Christ day by day in the way they love their wives. To attempt it is to realize that it cannot be done apart from the total dependence on Christ himself. This is both the irony and the beauty of living out this drama. In order to play this role, I must possess the very relationship with Christ that I'm trying to depict in my marriage. I cannot do it apart from him. It's interesting that we get our English word hypocrite from the ancient Greek dramas, in which the actors didn't become the character that they were playing, but they would play multiple roles by holding up different masks to their faces to designate which character they were playing at any given time. A hypocrite is two-faced. Husbands are not called to be men who are playing a role for the world, but are completely different people on the inside. First and foremost, God is calling me as a man to a love relationship with Christ that changes me from the inside out. It is from the wealth of this relationship that I can draw the motivation and the ability to love my wife sacrificially, redemptively, actively, and unconditionally. The Bible expresses perfectly what it means to live life in this way in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, where it says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. As a husband, I am being directed to play the role of Jesus, 
by exercising faith in the very person I am portraying. Today, I have the opportunity to be a minister to my wife as I love and serve her as Christ loved the church. This is a role that will keep me in close communion with and total dependence on the one who loved me, gave himself for me, and who now lives in me. Amen.